gather details analyze identify root cause solution options prioritize solution plan tasks and share the findings hey hello and welcome to episode 4 of how to product a podcast series catered to folks looking to break into product management brought to you by pm school This is Arjun Jain, your host for this podcast series. So far, we've spoken at length about who a PM is, what does a month look like in a PM's life, how to crack your first PM role, how to build your product portfolio, and finally in the last episode, we spoke to Shravan about how to set ourselves up for success as a PM in a new organization. Today, we have with us another strong PM, and to build on top of the story we're creating, we'll be talking about the problems pms face in their companies and how to deal with them and overcome them we have with us kanjan desai senior pm at paypal she is an isp alum she's worked extensively in the fintech industry with razorpay and the telecom industry in the past with idea and vodafone and she was also a part of the merger governance team she has experience consul- in consulting with bain and co and she also runs her own youtube channel where she talks about product management herself Kanjan thank you for joining us and welcome to the show Thank you Arjun for having me today uh it's a pleasure to be here and talking to you and again collaborating with PM school <laughs> Awesome so before we begin tell us a little bit about your journey into product management and something interesting about you that our listeners don't know So my journey into product management formally started just last year when I joined Razorpay from the Indian School of Business but uh Before that I was working as a product evangelist uh, for the telco giant Vodafone Idea mm-hmm. where uh, my role was very interesting because I was allowed uh, I was allowed a free pass to just uh, conduct any pilots and identify use cases of different stakeholders internal and external customers and uh, basically validate different technologies and uh, identify if there are any product use cases for it and then uh, when vodafone and idea were going to merge i had to then ideate and i had to basically manage the entire integration project of the two companies mm-hmm. so that is where i got my uh, experience into the stakeholder management bits and then i joined uh, bain as an associate where i took pa- took care of the uh, global clients and customer experience improvement strategy so that's where i got my customer empathy uh, lens so i would say that even though formally i was not a product manager before isb mm-hmm. but i was doing everything that was uh, sort of like taking a bucket of the role um and uh, an interesting thing about me which probably our listeners would not know is that i do not like to talk to stakeholders unprepared and unaware uh, about you know what exact work they do so whenever for example i talk to my engineers or developers i try to see what what are the tools that they work on every day what are the jargons that they might use uh, or if i'm going to talk to my customer support teams i make sure that i understand the processes that they follow and the standard operating procedures that they take care of when they talk to customers etc so this particular trait has given me uh, much more to learn in a very short span of time so this is like a tip also uh, where if you're talking to multiple stakeholders as a product manager uh, you should probably make the best of it by just knowing what the other person does and uh, you don't have to actually do it but just knowing it helps the conversation to be much more fruitful yeah you like you spoke about that core task of uh of understanding your stakeholders right i think it's an excellent sort of avatar of customer obsession you have to remember that 
your customers could be actual people like you and I using the product, but your stakeholders are really important too. So like if you understand their pain points better, their processes better, you can help them and they can help you sort of achieve that common product goal that you're marching towards, right? Uh, so yeah, completely get that. So uh, Kanjan, in any role, people do face challenges and especially if you're starting off in a new role like product management, uh, it's common, right? So I really want to know from you what challenges you faced and in what situations did they really come about? Sure. Um, well, there are many, but just for the purposes of this particular conversation, yeah. I'd like to start with just joining remotely uh, in the post-COVID world. Uh, so I was fresh out of the B school and uh, the idea that we had was that a product manager role is anyway a very people-centric role where you keep on going to different people and uh, talk to customers, go on field, uh, learn about the product, etc. And all of this was basically absent from my experience because I had to join remotely. Mm -hmm. I had to make rapport with different stakeholders. I had to impart communications or interactions which uh, gave clarity to people. And for that, I myself had to seek a lot of clarity from different people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, setting up communication channels, setting up, uh, I'd say, rosters, all of this was a very big challenge in an online work ecosystem. Sure. And I feel it's equally challenging for people who had to move from the normal um, physical work lifestyle to work from home. But it became all the more challenging for people who started their journeys with companies in this environment because you physically know no one there. And uh, so that was the one of the... I'd say like a logistical challenge that was there. Uh, but then uh, this was more generic, but I also sometimes used to struggle with prioritizing projects. And this is a very product specific challenge that yeah. I faced. Um, because what I noticed was that especially when you are not sitting in one place and especially when you all of your stakeholders are not connected to each other that well, yeah. product managers' life becomes all the more difficult because they have to make sure that they are communicating the different um, requirements and different, uh, I'd say, metrics that are being looked after uh, in order to achieve the common North Star. And so in that process, um, prioritizing the right projects and then delivering the right um, outcomes from it, right? So one has to make a lot of trade-offs in terms of the effort that goes in, in terms of the maybe the cost that goes in and the timelines that move because you might be delivering one project over the other and the other project might or might have been near to completion. So a lot of these trade-offs come into picture. And uh, so for me, you know, it became crucial to first arriving at these decisions. Um, I had to look at a lot of data. I had to talk to people. I had to convince people. I had to convince myself as well. And mm -hmm. then finally, uh, implementing those priorities on track uh, in collaboration with the team. So this was another very specific challenge that I've been facing. Right, yeah. So the remote onboarding is something that's just situational. And uh, But I do assume that a lot of PMs who would be joining companies now would be going through remote onboarding as well. Uh, so that's a challenge in itself. But prioritization specifically, I feel, is, is one of the biggest sort of pieces for any PM, right? And for a lot of PMs. Personally, I struggle with it as well. There are sometimes there are you you have too many data points. Sometimes you have too few data points, and the impact yeah. could be subjective. And uh, from my conversations, what I've heard is I know a lot of PMs eventually just do it out of instinct and gut feeling, 
uh which just builds over time and experience so that's like another lens on prioritization right uh yeah, but if sure. we had to pick up prioritization as a challenge and speak about how you go around navigating around it uh what would your take be on that sure um yeah so apart from the instinct part of things um i to start with i focus on the big picture so mm-hmm. um for example when i was at razorpay uh, we used to have a north star of a monthly transacting user so anything any project or any requirement or change that has to be brought in um i used to assess what impact will the change hold on overall organizational goals so either it could be uh, a business continuity requirement where if the if that particular solution is not put forth then the business would not be continuing as is and that would directly impact uh, the customer experience or the customer transaction frequencies um so that's one way mm-hmm. uh, the other way could be that if it's a product change or a feature change then uh, does it create that necessary um push in the in terms of offering either a better experience or either offering uh, more uh value than competition etc so basically from the product lens how better or how much more uh difference is the product change going to bring in the current status quo that was the second lens and uh, then i like to zoom in a bit and then i like to see what is the purpose of the change right so whether again so whether it is for bringing just improvements in the existing offerings or whether it is uh to solve a certain existing ongoing problem which is not letting the normal business as usual transactions uh go on right uh, or it, it is just to it's it's just based on instincts or guts and we feel that okay doing this is going to massively benefit us so these are the possible different uh, zoomed in uh, purposes or zoomed in uh, focus areas that could come in and then then of course for all purposes continuity uh, gets preference because if that is hampered then uh, right. i mean i feel that product manager's job is to ensure that at least the current machinery is running running smoothly right yep. so that gets preference and then at the same time if there are improvements which can be done with lower cost and effort then they can be squeezed in the roadmap too so uh, in a nutshell it is a factor of alignment with the business goals uh, impact on experience and uh, cost plus effort that goes into shipping uh, it finally to the customers yeah i completely agree with you and another thing that works is to identify themes in your backlog or roadmap and uh, prioritize within each theme and not across themes and have right. like a specific capacity allocated to each theme depending on your business goals right if you want to if you want to keep the lights on which is uh, business continuity or you want to make improvements so like if you have uh, for a quarter let's say if you have a business goal specifically of innovating then you get more capacity in the innovating theme uh, and less a capacity on the uh, keep the lights on theme right so that just helps with prioritization it's I, it's just something that i've seen that works uh, right and yeah, it's basically so- bring yeah right that's a very interesting uh, way to look at it actually also yeah so this brings me to the next question which is what are some of the helpful frameworks that you use to deal with challenges and specifically let's uh, maybe even if you want to talk about prioritization or or challenges in general right um so i don't really have specific frameworks that uh, of course i like to focus on but a uh, lot of times there are key pillars which i have identified which help me approach any certain problem uh, prioritization being one of them but some other problems that keep coming up 
uh, in a PM's life, especially a B two B PM's life, are uh, you know identifying the right uh, data points to chase or identifying uh, what is it that is driving value for your customers, right? So which segments are benefiting from what drivers? So these are some other problems as well. So how I like to deal with uh, these questions or these uh, sort of roadblocks is. Uh, to gather all the details and data about the impacted stakeholders or customers so this could be uh, what are the quantitative and qualitative issues whether it has impacted a certain business value or whether it is uh, an experience glitch whether it is uh, a website or an app issue or whether it's a customer specific uh, function issue right so those kind of details about what exactly is the impact and who have been impacted right and then the timelines uh, since when the problem has been persistent so uh, again why is it's important to look at the timelines is because uh, most of the times we could figure out that because it is happening only in a certain period or a certain peak time uh, the problem gets resolved then and there so right. once these two things um are looked at i the second step would be to naturally analyze and identify why these issues cropped up and were not addressed in the right time so i feel what we do is we we do a lot of post facto kind of analysis mm-hmm. especially product managers but maybe uh, if we have a tight check on um just having like patterns that we look at yeah on a preemptive basis then maybe we can also uh, put a finger on the fact that why these were not addressed in the right time and why they became a, an issue in the first place right? right and then these two questions would help in identifying not only the root cause but also any proactive preventive steps which we could take in the future so once the root cause is identified uh, i like to look at some probable solution or some options Uh, along with the tech team uh, mainly with the tech team because at the end of the day everything goes back to how the product is functioning from the back end and to the front end right, right. so uh, once that is identified then the next step would be to break down the solution approach into mini tasks and this is where i feel the maximum uh, productivity and efficiency comes in because if we say that okay uh, for example um, there there is some problem with the invoices so we need to roll back the changes now if we keep the problem so high level it uh, basically does not give us a rightful allocation of the uh, owners or it does not give us when the exact task the entire mammal task is going to be completed and then right. the product manager's life becomes all the more difficult because they keep chasing everybody at all times right so i feel that once the solution approach is decided it has to be divided into mini tasks and allocated to the rightful owners with a central point of contact to anchor the solution so right. most of the time the central point would be a product manager but it could be that let's say uh, if it's a tech issue then maybe the engineering manager could be the owner and product manager could just help in collaborating and uh, making sure that everything is um, all the data points are uh, in intact um so post all of this right sharing of the entire process should be done with the parties i think this is where the product manager has maximum responsibility because most of the times when problems come up or certain uh, issues have come up uh, people tend to maybe not communicate it or just sometimes even uh, for the lack of better word hide it right because it's a problem and yep. it might not look good on the uh, on the shoulders of the pm so right. that create more problems because then when people find out in the in in later stages uh, they maybe lose trust in the team or in the product manager and secondly uh, if they don't lose trust they could even be scared of whether the things that are going currently are working well or not yeah right 
so so this is in a nutshell the kind of framework i follow and just to um, make it more remember uh, you know memory friendly i like to call it the gaps framework which is short for gather details analyze identify root cause solution options prioritize solution plan tasks and share the findings um so this is that and yeah. uh, just to give an example um uh, just to personalize a bit more and and put it yeah. in context our challenge uh, we faced as a team was due to lack of updation from one of the teams we made massive changes in our invoices uh which had which basically were uh, given to our merchants right and we had to roll back all the changes overnight so first i made sure that i have all the information of reasons for this happening so because i knew that i had been communicating on time and even the team was updated so i wanted to know where exactly this miscommunication cropped up or whether it was an external change which uh just wasn't communicated mm-hmm. urgently and which led to this right so then i looked at which customers were impacted and how many days were these changes like so depending on the number of days the number of customers and the impact of them being impacted would be more right so uh, then i a- analyzed the customer level data of the exact impact so how many invoices per customer and then the effort to roll it back right uh, post with the possible reasons of why this happened were discussed and then we identified three or four solution options uh, of course not every solution was optimal because we were very tight on time and it was a compliance um a task so uh, finally we did all of that and then uh, we decided what has to be done for the rollback plan and we uh, logged jira tickets for each mini task mm-hmm. uh we allocated it to each team member and then finally on the completion of rollback we not only communicated to customers but also teams and our leaders about this entire episode so it was not more to blame anybody or to uh you know just show how great we were but it, it it's more to keep the sanity in check of how these kind of problems uh, should be avoided in future and what exactly has to be done by each party involved right it's not just a product manager's responsibility right. to um solve things so that kind of sanity is has to be created and this is one of the examples that uh, i had yeah no i loved how you broke down the entire process and spoke about it with an example right i really want to call out an important thing which is you the process started off by uh, gathering data and looking at data and analyzing it right? and that's super important uh, from what i've seen is a lot of early stage pms they directly jump into solutions because uh, that's the exciting part right and that's where you you spend a lot of time but you actually have to spend a lot of time in analyzing the why to come up with the how to solve it right uh so yeah, that's another tip for uh, some of the early stage pms there who uh, who are breaking into this role just spend a lot of time in an anal- and gathering and analyzing data because it it actually uncovers so many aspects uh, that can feed into your solution uh, that you would be surprised in fact right uh, so to summarize gather details analyze your data identify root cause uh you know come up with solution options with your stakeholders with your teams make sure everybody is involved there then you prioritize the plan break it down into mini tasks and then once you're done you uh, share the findings with uh, with everyone and it's okay to have problems it's okay to have to make mistakes uh, own up to them at the right time and take your team forward along with you and uh, make sure that you communicate this to everyone so that's the message that uh, that I'm extracting out of your story kanjan Yeah, exactly. Right. Super. So, all right. Last question before you leave us, Kanjan. Uh, a lot of people have this question. Uh, you know, how did an MBA from like a top B school like ISB uh, help you move into a PM role? Hmm. 
uh, right so uh, if i just answer this question without context i'd say that for me the sole reason i moved into a product management role was my isp stint okay uh, but that is primarily because that is where i received the platform to identify various industries companies offering this role and how career progression transpires uh, basis the analysis that i did of my analysts mm-hmm. um having said that maybe if i didn't join isb i would have still stumbled my way into a core uh, product management role i'll be a lot of self preparation and maneuvering across connected roles right. since i wasn't consulting at bain back then so what happens is ajay i'd like to uh, pinpoint this here that uh, coming into a product management role is actually not difficult uh, and it's not that i would say um it's not that tightly uh, you know blocked a uh, role as such but right. then one needs to identify the right channels and the right uh, preparation strategies in order to break into this so for me uh, joining isb was uh, more for getting the platform and connecting with fellow network uh alumni is uh, who were there and then also uh, sort of experiencing the overall b school uh environment once again so there were many other reasons for me to go into isp and when i joined isp i was fortunate because i was coming from bain and i also had tech knowledge so i was getting a shortlist for both pm and consulting roles okay. so i had to actually make a conscious choice of where do i want to go and uh, of course one can try to go both ways but that's just uh i i didn't find merit in that so i had decided very early on that uh the role of pm is uh my dream role and it is exactly what i've always wanted to do and everything mm-hmm. about the role excited me and after one year and a few months it is safe to say that i still <laughs> feel the same way and more about it yeah. um so i think it's merely about being at the right place at the right time uh when it comes to landing dream roles but one has to uh, one cannot discount the importance of right information preparation strategies and consistency in uh, whatever you are preparing for right so isb did help you with providing a platform which you could sort of use to uh, take off but there's still like a lot of hard work uh, preparation strategies that goes behind cracking a pm role even uh, at isb or outside isb right uh totally, and that's yeah. yeah so yeah so kanjan thank you sh- for sharing uh, this with us right i had a fun time talking uh, with you about uh, all the challenges and i'm happy to know that i'm not alone in the sea of challenges that pms face out there <laughs> right uh, you've given us and our listeners a new lens of looking at problem solving as a pm and that's invaluable so thank you for your time and i hope you have a great day ahead thank you arjav it was a pleasure uh, speaking uh, to you and also thinking about these uh, you know uh, these questions uh, it also made me go back in the memory lane and actually think about some important things i think that we all need to be reminded of yeah so it was uh, lovely uh, having this conversation with you thank you so much super thank you kanjan welcome to this segment called product bites this is where we define a pm terminology that you might have come across in this episode or podcast series or in general while reading through product management literature and this would prepare you better for your pm role today we'll talk about product market fit product market fit describes a scenario in which a company's target customers are buying using and telling others about the company's product in numbers large enough to sustain that product's growth and profitability basically when a product has re- has enough target customers repeatedly using their product to solve their own pain points the product is said to have achieved product market fit <laughs>
All right, this brings us to the end of another episode. This conversation with Kanjan gave us a great framework to use when we're solving problems and challenges ourselves. She calls it the GASPs framework, which is gather details, analyze the data, identify the root cause, solution the options, prioritize the plan that you want to come up with, uh, plan your tasks after that, and then finally share your findings with everybody. And I'm going to go back and try using this for the next problem that I face, and I hope you guys uh, do too. You can experience what a PM does by stepping into the shoes of a product manager with PM School's live program. Check out pmschool.io and apply now. Keep that love and support coming our way. We're available on all major podcast streaming apps, including Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you've subscribed to us to be notified about every new episode. If you have suggestions for us, please, please do tell us. You can reach out to us directly on Anchor and drop us a voice note or tell us on LinkedIn or email and we'll surely hear you out. We'll be back with another one very soon. Until then, stay curious and stay safe. This is your host, Arjav Jain, signing off.